You know, Austin, it's that time in the Blue Jays season where you start going to look on the StubHub section, and we were, you were, you're playing on going to the game tomorrow, and you're saying that there's nine dollar outfield seats in the two hundred level for a two yep. for a Tuesday game. I mean, okay, yes, it's a Tuesday night, but it's against the Yankees. I think this best sums up kind of the state of where the Blue Jays are, don't you think? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I mean, they're they're not going to get any better. And I mean, if we want to be honest with ourselves, this is pretty much the end of the season right about now. So, when do you, <laughs> okay? I mean, yes, if we're if we're thinking on how they've looked this season, especially in the month of May, and looking how how the rest of the division is playing, it's not looking very good. I mean, it's not the official; they're done. That probably won't come until September because that wild card and all that stuff. But you look at how I look at it this. You were never going to co- compete for the AL East, but you didn't want to be uh, hold on before you even make this uh, comment. I should have done this before, but even before we say they're done, you have to realistically look at where they are in the standings because we all yep. know they're not the worst team in the AL East. That that go that belongs to the Baltimore Orioles, who are, if I'm not wrong, they are the worst team in baseball. Good, good stuff. Let, let me let me let me. Okay, the White Sox are trailing behind them by a game, I think, in that regard. Oh nope, White Sox at least have a slight glimpse of hope in their division. Like the Orioles are 23 games back in the AL East. Yeah, Baltimore is uh, 17 wins when they. When they end up trading Machado, they will be the worst team in baseball. Yeah. Let's just put it Everybody thought the Miami Marlins were going to be the worst team in baseball. And they have 20 wins. The Blue Jays, yeah, 26. So six games better than the Marlins, who the Mar- traded three of their top younger... Well, say Stan is not young, but three of their top players... Two of them almost for, well, okay, Stan was almost pretty much for, like, nothing, just to get rid of the money. Yep, that was a cap dump. Yeah. And, yeah, now, so the Blue Jays are 14 and a half games back. As of, okay, because they're not playing tonight, I don't I don't think the Yankees won, so they wouldn't have take, they wouldn't have increased their lead on the Blue Jays. But they're 14 and a half back of Boston. Who I think, I don't think they're the best team in baseball. I think that still belongs to Houston. Houston yeah. is, I think, I mean, even though Seattle's overtaken them in the division, which I think they are the most surprising team this season, the Seattle Mariners. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd say that. But, I mean, the Red Sox do have a good, good uh, record, but you look at how bad the Orioles have been. The Blue Jays haven't played them anywhere close. Um, <laughs> Blue Jays haven't played nearly anybody close. Houston has to deal with Seattle, L.A., the Angels, and Oakland, who are all above 500. Yeah. Um, I mean, only the Yankees and Boston are the only two teams in the AL East that are above 500. But to give them credit, they are well above it, so it's not like they're just skating by. They're dominating. Yeah. Um, but this is the realistic 
look you have to look at. I mean, Blue Jays, I think most realize this. When you look at the talent level that the Yankees and the Red Sox have, I always hear it's money. Technically, part of it is money. In the case of Giancarlo Stan, it's money. But you look at the Yankees, Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, uh, Severino. I mean, Tanaka, yes, was money. But most of the younger players, that's not money. That's proper drafting, developing, trading away. They had that window where they traded away. I think it was Chapman and I can't and Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller, like they they moved guys in that though in that window where they weren't. They knew they weren't going to make. They could have probably made the playoffs if they traded away assets and got some players. But yep. they, they were smart about it. They realized our window, we don't have the window. This was, what, 2015, I think it was, 2015. They decided we're going to take a step back. We're going to reload. We got young guys in the system, and we're going to get back to it. My only concern, the Yankees have always had a good system. They've always had a good system. The Blue Jays, yep. their system, I feel like... It was when Atkins and Shapiro got here that the system has kind of built the has been has kind of had to replenish after 2015, where a lot of it got gutted. Other yeah, than, and I mean, we were talking about the Jays' lack of depth a lot, and I mean, you look at it, and it's because of 2015. I mean, they you have to give up stuff to in order to land assets. Um, Alex Anthopoulos wanted to go for it, and now we're here. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- this is where people are getting mad at what management has done. Management was handed a team with an aging roster that was co- meant to compete to, uh, Well, now three years ago, technically, because now that 2015 was their real good chance to compete. Yeah. And now you look at it and it's just... It's broken. It's starting to get broken down, and I don't, I don't understand where what people expect this management group to do any different. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, people are going to look at how Boston got rid of Ramirez and Sandoval, those bad contracts, but they can afford it. To them, that's an endless money pit in Boston. Blue Jays, Rogers is not going to. Like if uh, Shapiro and Atkins went up to them and says, oh, we're going to eat Tulowitzki's contract. And I think, I guess, you can throw Russell Martins in there. Um, I mean, Donaldson's the only other one making big money, I think. And it's like, you can't do that. You you can't go up to them and say, we're going to ask that you take make those contracts pretty much null and void and then expect to still compete. That's yeah, it's uh, it's interesting just what the position they're in. I mean, you can literally <laughs> move whoever you want. And, I mean, Donaldson's probably on the move. I would say that's safe to say. I would pretty much almost guarantee it. I mean, it's tough because of the in, him not being healthy is going to really harm whatever Shapiro and is are trying to do. Yeah, it's rough. Um. Like, you you just look at it. I'm going to look at... Um, okay, let's look at 
Okay, so Donaldson costs them 23. He's their highest average salary player. Um, Tulowitzki, not a, not eligible for free agency until 2022. So that's another four years. Four years. Russell Martin is a free agent after next se- uh, tw- So he'll be a free agent after the 2019 season. So 2020 is his free agency years. He has one more year left. Um, can you believe Marco Estrada is getting $13 million this season? Uh, I could have if he was pitching the way he was a couple of years ago. Yeah, twenty. the last, the first two years, so 2015-2016, he was good. 2017, yeah. there was that decline. And I understand the re- they thought he could bounce back. Maybe it was just an off year, but now I think he's a guy... You know, I don't even think it's worth trying to trade him because what are you going to get for him? Probably nothing. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to fault the Blue Jays management for any contract, there's only one, and we only know which one that one is. Like, <coughs> Kendry's Morales. Yeah. Yikes. I, this was probably an easy sell because they're looking at a guy that, okay, he's a decent hitter. We're going to lose Edwin, apparently. That's what they, they had decided. Let's try to plug that hole with something that is cheaper, costs $11 yep. million a season, and that right there has harmed this team more than I think people realize because you've basically taken away your DH spot. And I think now going forward, this is going to make the team rethink how they use their DH because I don't think one player should occupy the DH spot. Um, no. Unless, you're, unless it was Edwin. He was the only guy I would ever accept to be in the DH. Um, yeah, I agree. Because he's not declining. If anything, Cleveland, he's been pretty good in Cleveland uh, ever <clears throat> since he moved there. But you got a guy like Donaldson who has hurt himself. Now, this is a running injury, but he's hurt his shoulder throwing from third. Um, Tulo, again, the Tulo one I feel is just not even his fault. He was running. Tri- CJ Cron doesn't know how to you know, put his foot on first base, trips over him. Um, but... As soon as um, you saw the decline in Tulo last season with the injuries, man, that trade was not looking as good considering that's a deal you try to make when Tulo's on his set. Like if you had him for one more season and you realize you're getting the upgrade, you're that, that open window for about one to two seasons, and then you let him go. But now it's, man, they did the Rockies a huge favor. They did the Rockies a huge favor taking that contract. Yeah, massive favor. And they also gave them our best pitching prospect and I believe the second best pitching prospect as well. Gave them Jeff Hoffman and they also gave them... Marlon Castro, I think, was the other one. Yes. Castro. Yeah. They did take Jose Reyes, so... Yeah. There was that part of it, too. Yeah, and then Jose Reyes ended up hitting his wife. That was great. Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, that's awesome. Well, and then uh, I know you probably got a lot of people apparently got this uh, alert from us when we wrote, when Paul wrote the uh, John Gibbons story. 
Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. that seemed to do pretty well. Um, that was a really interesting thing that just dropped in the middle of this whole uh, debacle. Just in the middle of the week. Just leave it. Well, okay. It's like, and, hey, your coach is going to be fired in the next week, regardless of. Oh, oh uh, sorry, outcome. And look, I, I can understand to a degree. Like, let's say he's not able to keep the clubhouse engaged and they just are not. Listen, not, I'm going to say he's not. The players listen to Gibby, but I can understand yeah. some. But then people realize where the report came from. And you know what? I mean, at this point, it's. It, I don't really care. Like, yeah. The manager's the least of their problems. If people are getting upset about that or have an opinion about that, that's up to them. But I'm not going to make a huge deal about it. Um, mm-hmm. But you look at the infirmary. Let's look at this infirmary. Josh Donaldson, Troy Tulowitzki, Marcus Stroman, Steve Pierce. We'll add Roberto Suna to that because technically he's a part of the team. Um, Anthony Alford, who I think they expected to play a role. Gritchick is just getting back. Diaz just Pompey's got now. back. Pompey's on there now. Like These are not insignificant pieces. Steve Pierce, some people say he wasn't going to be a f- an outfielder, and I didn't. I thought he was going to be the, he would have been the prototypical first base DH guy with, uh, with Justin Smoke, and his contract yeah. is even better than Kendrys Morales, which I didn't understand why you would sign Pierce if you signed Kendrys or the other way around. I think Pierce was after Kendrys, so yeah. Um, I but I understand the idea of trying to play him in the outfield, um, but yeah, it, it, it's just and we can keep doing oh, going on this on and on and on, but at some point you just have to you have to realize that, and I think Shapiro tried to play it off as he was trying to keep this team competitive for the fans. But let's be real here; it was not for the fans. It was yeah. I think to, I think it was for the fans. I think, I think it, it was, was to, to get, service their need to stay competitive. I think it was to service the need to keep them interested in coming to the ballpark. Oh, and as we're talking, a thing has happened. Oh, what happened? Did they make another pick? Yeah. So the Jays, as we're doing this, the Jays are drafting. They just took. Um, sorry, I have to zoom in on that. Uh, Griffin Conine. Right fielder from Duke. Okay, so let's go That's over. I think this is a good time because everybody, this is where the whole Vladdy thing comes into. And people are like, let's, yep. well, why not bring him up? Uh, well, now he's not going anywhere with the injury. Well, this yeah. minor tweak is not really much of an injury, but um, they. So they made so they went. Is it, so you said where was this guy from out again? Just kidding. this from out of Duke, and I'm just looking up his his thing now. Are you talking about the first round pick or this guy? Uh, let's talk about this guy since it's the most recent. So this is Griffin Conine. He's from Duke University, and uh, SB Nation is bless you boys. It looks like a tiger uh, blog. And his draft profile says uh, Griffin Conine could be a draft day steal. So that's good. 
He was originally projected as a first-rounder, but has fallen off the board after an up-and-down spring. So I'm just reading off this profile right now. But, yeah, he's an outfielder, uh, 20 years old, and... So a bit of an older... Oh, he was previously drafted as well. Third round, or sorry, 31st round in 2015. But now he's a second rounder. He was originally supposed to go first round. Not bad. Well, I mean, so, Noah, Noah Naylor, who I thought would have been an, another candidate to look at, he got picked up by Cleveland at uh, 29. Um, yep. But the Blue Jays, you you found this, and I read when I and your article is going to be up uh, in the morning with this podcast. But you were you were intrigued with uh, who the Blue Jays selected uh, with uh, their first overall pick. Yeah. So the first uh, they picked twelfth overall. I mean, we thought we've been discussing it sort of all night. Uh, Jordan Jordan Groshans is the man that the Jays got. Uh, MLB comparison: they have him going as sort of a Matt Holiday type of hitter. Which, if that turns out true, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, says if he, I'm also this is just reading off of stuff because I'm not a baseball guy. Um, says he also profiles like third baseman Colin Moran or Chris Bryant, which would be crazy. That would be pretty good. Yeah, that's that's on the higher end. Uh, Colin Moran is a lower end guy. But, uh, yeah, he was, when he was announced, he was announced as a shortstop. Um, play third base. Apparently, he can also play, uh, he was a pitcher for a bit over the last year or two. Mm-hmm. So, and he can really throw the ball, from what I understand. Um, yeah, he looks like sort of what the Jays have been after for the last little while. Just this guy that can play all over the diamond. Uh, can be plugged in anywhere. I'm sure he can play second base because, I mean, if you can play shortstop, then you're all over it there. Yeah, shortstop, uh, third base, second base. You, But they, they, re- they really needed a guy that can – it's not a much of where – if he can play shortstop and be a good defender there, that's way more valuable considering – and I never realized how important this was until you see Tulowitzki out and Diaz was out and how – how valuable having that shortstop is. Yeah, or even the third baseman, because obviously we were just talking about Josh Donaldson likely isn't going to be around mm-hmm. for in a year's time. Yeah. Uh, and from what I've understood, Vladimir Guerrero just tears the cover off the ball, but he still has a lot of work to do in the field. Yeah, and I think that's a big reason why double A is okay for him. They really yeah. want to develop his glove. And it really sounds like Ross Atkins was on prime time last week, and he was big on saying the only and the big reason why Vlad is not here. And the, it, there's many reasons, but the number one off the list is they have a third baseman. Like, yeah, if Donaldson's not here, I still don't think they bring him up. But with Donaldson here, why would you bring him up? You want him to play. They want him to play every day third base, and they don't want to play him at DH in first. Yeah, and it's um, just in terms of skill in general, it's it doesn't make much sense for Vlad to come up right now. Like, you really want to bring him up here and have him win, lose five straight games, and then win every like once or twice a week. It's not even that. 
is what's his contribution really going to be? What's he yeah. contrib- What is he contributing to? And Not a whole lot. You're going to put so much pressure on this guy to think that he's going to turn your season around, and management knows that there's no turning the season around. The only way the season even gets on track is if the starting pitching turns it around. And they have, like, Sanchez, we'll see how he does after he had a, a decent outing on Sunday. Hap is their only good pitcher, I think. Their only consistent one. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're all good, to and certain depending on the day, they're all pretty good. Like Yami Garcia's um, had his ups and downs, and that's just not good. Like you can't have a guy go decent start six innings and then get pulled after three. It's just you ta- and that bullpen has just been taxed so much. They already lost Osuna, which any team that loses a closer of his caliber, like it's like almost like the Yankees would lose Chapman. Yeah, sure, they have a yeah. guy like Batances, but it's not the same. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm just looking at generals for this guy. Uh, what's his name? Groshans. Sorry, I'm still learning his name. Groshans. Um, but it says, like, his infield, they have, like, exit velocity for him is 90 miles per hour, which is not great, but he's also 20-something years old. 20-something. Um, he's got the barrel speed. He throws in the lower nineties for pitching, and in field he throws even better okay. across the diamond. So, and his sixty-yard dash is a six point five, which means he's got some some skill to him. Because I'm just looking at the class of twenty. Oh, excuse me, twenty sixteen, and Groshans ran a. Six point five. Um, the top performers in the class last sorry class two years ago were uh, six point six two was the top runner from the twenty sixteen class. So he's fast. He can hit the ball. He can field. I mean, some some people look at this as a bit of a reach when you look at who the Jays could have gotten in that position. Hey, no, I mean, in but. The- Noah Naylor was the guy that could have gone, and that wouldn't have been a reach. Yeah. I, I so, know. yeah, it's exactly. And that's not just because he's Canadian. Like, he he has good power. But they clearly mm-hmm. wanted a guy with discipline, some athleticism, and, I mean, his size, a Groshen size projects. Like, he's almost like, usually the taller shortstops do pretty well. If he's able to be agile, which hopefully... The numbers, his um, his tests show that. Yeah. And it's also, as many didn't expect the Blue Jays to take a high schooler. Many were expecting them to go the college route. Guys who are already in college. Because what then happens is if the guy decides he's going to commit to college, he might not sign. Which, yeah. It happens. It's happened to the Blue Jays many times. I think the last time... It's happened famously with the Blue Jays a lot of times. Yeah, he even came back and no-hit them. So, yeah, James Paxton, Chris Bryant. I mean, there's a couple guys the Jays have taken that haven't panned out. Or they just didn't want to come to Toronto. Um, yeah, but either Sh- way. Shai wrote, actually, that yeah. uh, Jordan Groshans... It's the first high school player selected by the Blue Jays in the first round since Phil Bickford. 
who I have never really heard of. The right-hander didn't sign the compensatory pick, so Bickford never signed. That's part of the reason why we never heard of him. And the next year, compensatory pick was used on Max Pentecost. And Pentecost, I think, is in the top 30 for the Jays' pipeline right now. And still making his way. Um, yeah. They, they've realized, I think the Blue Jays realized they just... Uh, oh, and they're making a big thing about uh, Griffin Conan because of his father, by the way. So, Yeah, I haven't looked him up on Twitter. I'll do that now. Jeff Conan's son, uh, as many are pointing out. Oh, no, it's another legacy pick? Another legacy pick. They've done pretty well for themselves. Let's be, let's be real here. So we're not just keeping the legacy picks to the infield now. We're going, we're going abroad. Going to wherever you can find them. Um, yeah. Well, because I mean, you're gonna, you're, I'd, I'd love to see the old legacy infield just for fun. It could happen. Go get. Give it. I think. Give it. I mean, I think Vlad could be up next season. Could be, and I'm. Yep. I we that's I think a reaching a little. He has to really impress. Bichette, yep. I would give him a couple more years, just to. Kevin Biggio is really coming along. Biggio is coming along, and then I don't know about Clemens uh, yet. Casey Clemens. Casey Clemens, he's done all right. He has, but it's going to be a, while, a little bit longer for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dwight Smith Jr. is uh, is a is a technically somewhat yeah he's a legacy pick. His father. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, but. I think the Blue Jays, if you're really looking at, once I think Russell Martin's contract's off the books and Kendry's is off the books, that's, I think, the moment where the youth will come in and you can invest the rest of that payroll into plugging the the holes, which is starting pitching and bullpen depth. And depth all around. But, look, I really liked Solarte. He's here until... 2021 like that's when he becomes a free agent um Pilar is still around and if they can keep him around cheap he can be serviceable still um I'm just looking at guys on the roster I think Diaz is still signed for like they hold his rights until 2023 um let's see here like there's guys that will go in and out um but some of these guys, I think they're realizing now what they have. And and this is probably the only good thing that comes out of losing like this is you realize what you have and what you don't. And I'd rather that Blue Jay in 20 last season, I think, or even 2016 too. That's where I, I felt like you started seeing some of the holes that starting pitching really filled in. But yeah. you are now seeing in the last two seasons where the holes are I mean injuries played a part but you saw where the holes are and now you I think manager knows what they have to do to fix it yeah but they have to be smart about it and I think I think they have the right intentions they're just not selling it the right way right yeah yeah so they have to go I and the Leafs did this because at some point Leafs fans were not tolerating what they were getting anymore. Like, 
Blue Jays fans, we were, I think, spoiled the last, the 2015-2016. They went all out. You then realize you're not going to have a team as good as what we had in 20, what they had in 2015. Like, that's let's be real here. That team should have won the World Series. Like, Kansas City. Yeah. I, I still think that, that still irks me because I still think if they made it past Kansas City, they were going on. Like, yeah, they probably won. So... That that's just like one of those things where you you go for that limited with with that window. You know it's that window. And usually teams that do that don't aren't able to sustain it. It's just not sustainable. Yeah. Like I'm looking at how many guys are signed to one year deals, two year deals. And the only ones that are signed long term are Tulo. Martin is somewhat like these are guys who have contracts after after two three years, like they're signed. They clearly are not gonna invest, and this is where the whole Donaldson play comes in. He's gonna go out in the market. He's not gonna get a lot. He's lost value. He's getting older. His injury things. People are saying it's Josh Donaldson. Yes, it is Josh Donaldson, but it's a Donaldson that is starting to show the signs of his age. Which is unfortunate because I thought he was well in line to being a guy that can get a long-term deal. He was a guy that Blue Jays fans like that the Blue Jays could have built around. He was an MVP. Yeah. So it, it's and like made, I'm not made him just older. I'm up and I think I think once you got rid of once Bautista left, once since Carnacion left. Tulo is has been has been out of the picture. Martin has been slumping. It's a lot you're putting on Donaldson. Like, yeah, Smoke has helped out, but he doesn't really have the the support that he did when he got here. Like yeah. that 2015 lineup. Let let me just bring back the 2015 lineup because that was a sight to behold. Um. Let's see, 2015 Blue Jays playoff roster because that's where they were at their at their best. Uh, here we go. I hope there's no video because then that's just gonna annoy the hell out of me. Good. Okay. I see this video of Griffin Conine launching a 452 foot home run against Virginia Tech this season. Sweet. Okay. Oh, he plastered that. Here we go. Your outfielders were Jose Bautista, Kevin Pillar, Ben Revere, Dalton Pope, Ezekiel Carrera. Good. Not the best outfield in the world. Ben Revere did well for himself getting on base and being that leadoff guy. Bautista was still slugging, and Pillar was still being Pillar in the outfield. Infield, you had Edwin, Justin Smoke, Chris Colabello. Let's not remember, let's forget that name. Ryan that guy. Right, they went by with Ryan Goins as second base, Tulo Donaldson and Cliff Pennington. Remember Cliff Pennington? I do. I remember that one series that he played against the Yankees, where he was just a hero in the field. Yep. And you got your rotation of David Price, Marcus Stroman, Marco Estrada, and then Ari Dickey was there. Still there. <laughs> he got roughed up. Against the Royals, I'll never forget that one. Then you wrote yeah. your uh, your bullpen: Roberto Suna, Brett Cecil, Aaron Sanchez, Mark Lowe, Latroy Hopkins, Liam Hendricks, Aaron Loop. 
Latroy Hawkins. Yeah, man. And then and you Liam had your Ricks, the good old days. You had your catchers, Russell Martin and Deonor Navarro. Oh, I missed Deonor Navarro. Oh, he used to do the trying to get from second to home, and he's just asking for that oxygen. How could you not miss that? Yeah. But Kendris Morales list team. That's sad. He actually did something worth his. Well, he wasn't. <laughs> it's money changes everything with these things, unfortunately. Yep. Um, you're. Who's what's your number one priority for the Blue Jays to do other than trading Hap? Who's another guy that you have to try to find some value in to trade? I mean, Donaldson's the obvious choice. Um, if it, and let's say Donaldson. I mean, Donaldson is almost an obvious one. Other than yeah. those two, who's another guy you feel like the Blue Jays need to do something about? Hmm. Uh, I don't love it, but Marcus Stroman maybe a guy that might be on the move. This, but I, uh, they like the young, young controllable arms, but man, he's gonna make contract negotiations tough. And Aaron Sanchez too, but Sanchez is a bigger part, I think, of this rotation. Sanchez, I would hold on to more. He's the Sanchez. The Stroman's Stroman's starting to just get into this whole trying to throw hitters off timing wise and stuff, and he's. He's getting out of his. He's trying to. He's trying to be clever, and that's not what you should be doing. He's you should just trying to get cute with the batters, and it's not working. Yeah. Okay, so Strowman's one. I I always say like a guy like Curtis Granderson. I think he can be a yeah. valuable bat to a contending team off the bench. Usually, he's usually good in late games. Um, that's what happened. That's true, Willem. Yeah. Um. You can't do much. I mean, Steve Pierce, if they can get him healthy and hitting, I would say yep. him. Um, Pitching-wise, bullpen-wise, you can't do much. Maybe if a team likes O or they like Axford, those are guys I think that are movable. Yeah. And you go from there. But that's the issue. If people say trade off, trade off. But you have to have something to give. You can't just trade off for a team's single leg guy that they don't have any faith in. It it just doesn't work like that. So yeah, I, that's all I have for the Blue Jays, honestly. This is not much or else you can really expect uh, to talk about with them other than you see how they do with this draft class. Uh, past draft classes have been getting better. Um, they seem to be doing a much better job with their development than I've seen in years past. Uh, I actually we talked about this before we got yep. on. Jeff Blair mentioned that the only position player the Blue Jays have drafted and developed that's on the active roster is Kevin Pillar. If you yep. want, if you want to talk about why the Blue Jays are nowhere close to being on the Yankees or Red Sox level, it's that reason I think. <laughs> you look at the Red Sox lineup. I think J.D. Martinez. Oh man, I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. But JD Martinez and uh, whoever is, I think, catching for them and a couple of their pitchers, that's it. Their infield and outfield are mostly draft picks and guys they've developed in their system. That, yeah. that is where the Blue Jays have to get better. Uh, Vlad is a good start. Bichette's a good start, but they need more. 
I think that's where yep. I think the the focus will be and it should be. And that's going to take time. Blue Jays fans have to realize that. I think some of them are, but most of them, I think, have to realize that you can't just – you have to walk before you can run in these situations. Um, which brings us to yep. now the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it's not the current club that has people abuzz. It is their uh, AHL team. Oh, one thing. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Uh, not with the Jays. Noah Naylor was just taken by the Indians in the draft. I said that. 29th. You missed it. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it was just well, it's a podcast moment where you don't listen, guys. I I was talking yeah, a lot too. I've been. It was probably when I was looking up stats about the draft picks. Twenty um, uh, ninth overall pick. I'll excuse it. Okay. Yeah. So, the Marlies, man, um, this team is, and we, I think you, you, did you write about this, or I kind of pointed this out, that this is the best Marlies team. I can recall. I mean, the the talent level. I think you look at. I think it was what the twenty fourteen fifteen Marlies. I think that was the year with Nylander and Brown and Captain. No, twenty fifteen sixteen. Okay, thank that you. That was the year that Nylander came over halfway through the year. Yeah, that was the Matthews draft year. How could yep. I forget? Um, but that is where, uh, like, considering what this team looks in comparison to that, this is why Kyle Dubas got named the general manager yeah yeah for sure um he just builds teams man he i mean if you want to look at it there's a couple guys that are the 2015 draft to me is the biggest draft that the leafs have had and yeah. it's my favorite draft of all time for this team yeah. and you look at the core of the marlies and that's that's where uh that's where they lie yeah. i mean you have Dimitri timashov is there Fifth round pick, he was the reigning JHL Rookie of the Year. Travis Guys Dermott. Dermott's there. You have Travis Dermott, Andrew Nielsen, who isn't even playing. Yes. Uh, Man, isn't that – that's a little bit of a letdown, huh? A little bit, yeah. But, uh, I mean, he was – he was weird because he, he, like, didn't play very well in his draft year and then had an unbelievable season is plus one year. And then just went back to not being very good with the Marlies. Not bad, but his, his, he's had he's defensive sort of flaws. He's almost he's he, trying to find. Himself. He, he is. Um, hopefully that they can find a way to salvage that. But yeah. so the Marlies are taking. They are down. Well, sorry, they're tied. Sorry, tied. They lost the last game. They are tied one-one with the Texas Stars, who are a more veteran team. Of course, out of all te- like Texas, I think it was Hershey that year with the Neiland with Neilander. They always find that one veteran team that can like veteran AHL teams. These are teams that are meant to you know draw in crowds and be good, not necessarily to draft and develop like uh, the Leafs have. These are teams that give yeah. a good test, but it's a great test. Like yeah, uh, Texas is there's uh, something because it's. A lot of players that are like they have their talents, Dallas, but like it as far as I've seen, it's mostly like veteran players. Yeah, it is. Um, a lot of it is. Like your Chris Mueller's, your 
Colin Greenings, those guys you get on the cheap 650k deals that just expensive for AHL teams technically yeah they they work their ass off for you and they get you 50 60 points and you're not you're not showing off these crazy young prospects but you're definitely making an impression with all these older guys yep I think yeah but I I do like that they are going up against a team like this especially the younger players you know yeah Texas is is playing a really physical style. They're not making it easy for the Marlies, and that you you like that because when they eventually come up to the NHL, they're gonna have that experience. And and people always say, "Oh, experience, experience," but this is the experience they need. In because this is exactly almost like what the NHL playoffs are like. Yeah, um, I think I'm counting right now, and it's thirteen players on the entire texas stars roster that are under the age of 25 wow how many are on uh, and i hate to do this to you but how many of the uh, the marley's players are under 25 oh here, give me a sec and i will find out for you okay um i would assume i mean clune is one of them greening smith mueller little verde and yeah i don't know from there and that's all, uh, pretty uh, much it, right? Like, oh, um, he's twenty six. Ben Smith is another one I know off the top of my head. Martin Marinchin's twenty six, so technically, well, he, his, I think his. Do we do this now? Sure. Uh, Kyle Bond twenty six. Rich Clune thirty one. Yeah. Alan Greening thirty two. Chris Mueller thirty two. Ben Smith twenty nine. And those are the old guys on the team. Those are the old guys, but majority are young guys. And this brings yeah, other me, than that, they're all under 25. I like how many people are complimenting Martin Merchant, and I would like to go back on those people's timelines and see how many of them said Martin Merchant should never play in the NHL ever again. Oh, he's the king of the grenades. He's just... He had some pretty bad ones. The lot, like He the had first some awful years. turnovers when he was with the Leafs. And he's had some bad ones with the Marlies. The difference... Marlies are a bit better defend. Uh, they're def- better defending team, uh, and their goaltending is playing really well. Like, um, yeah. if people think all of a sudden he's going to get another chance, no chance. I think he lost Mike Babcock's trust, and Babcock gave him almost every opportunity to get himself back into it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know where people all of a sudden expect. One good AHL season as the way to resuscitate his career. I hate to be harsh, yeah. but he's, you said 26? 26, yeah. Th- this is where guys like him, yeah, maybe he'll make it on another NHL team, but he's never going to be anywhere close. He's, to, he's like I a 6-7 guy now, if that. Yeah. Like, let's, let's not... And he's done really well for the Marlies this season. He's played a crucial role. I think it's time. I think this is where you have to pump the brakes. You expect a guy like him to be decent in the AHL. Yeah, he's sort of turning into that career AHL player. Exactly. That he's steady for you back there, and you're not expecting him to have to come up and light it up. Yeah, but I do like how, you know, Andreas Janssen. Miro Altonen, Carl Grundstrom, uh, Kapanen's even not those, on this team. He, even those two are 23, I think. Altonen's no, no, no. 24. 
technically on the old side, but they're still younger. Like under twenty five is where I say, because they haven't really Ultimate hit their 24. prime yet. Like those guys haven't yeah. hit their prime yet. Where is what's his name? Andreas Janssen's twenty three. He's gonna be, I think, twenty four this year. So. Yeah, he'll be turning. So I mean, yeah, it is what it is. They're uh, they're skilled though. I mean. Marincin, it's never been a case of, like, is this guy going to get over the hump? It's like, we sort of know what Marincin is. Yeah. And that's what he's going to be um, other until than, he retires, probably. Other than Dermot, is there another AHL defenseman you can see that can move up? Other than, okay, sorry, Lilligren is in that level eventually one day. but another um, On guy, the Marlies you're talking about? On the Marlies that you think can come up and compete for the Leafs next season. That's where. I'm uh, the only other one is Borgman. You, you know how many times maybe Justin Hole is Borgman injured? By the way, Borgman's injured, so he hasn't been playing. Um, Kelly Rosen's been playing in his spot. That's a, such a shame. Such a yeah. Shame. And Cal, Kelly Rosen's not. I don't think he's going to be ready to go. No, I think... he. There's something about his game that I really don't like. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. The, Something a little off about him. He's not... It's just extremely dangerous when he has the puck. Yeah. Like, you have that sort of sense of instability. Mm-hmm. You're not too sure what he's going to do with it. But I do... Borgman, I... you don't have that. He's just simple. Yeah. I hope... I think Borgman gets another shot next... Like, for sure, he gets another shot. Um, the injury does set him back a little bit, though, which isn't good. I think it's between he and Ozhiganov, I would say, for the fifth or sixth spot on the D. With well, and we know Ojiganov has a. I mean, we haven't seen him play. I'm not gonna say he's gonna win a spot, but him being a right-handed shot definitely helps. Yeah, for sure. Especially when I mean, you would have to think that's the pair because yeah. Borgman's a lefty, Hall is a righty, Milligan's yeah. a righty. I. I mean, yeah. At least you've got some options as right-handed now. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, as long as one of them. being up. As long as one of them can push out Roman Polak, that's all you need. Just one. Roman Polak's never being pushed out. I don't know. Lamarillo's not here anymore. He is He is a rock cemented in the Garden of the Leafs. The Scotiabank Arena now. Actually, sorry, not official yet. July 1st. That yeah. takes place. So. <laughs> July 1st. All right, well. Still got time. Still have time. But um, just what I've seen from the past couple of games, like the Marlies have – in the first game was, man, that was not a pretty game. But I do like when you don't have your best game, you still find a way to win. Yeah, um, that's what they did for sure. But, man, Sparks is making it very tough to not see him as the backup next season. Yeah, uh, Garrett Sparks is probably going to be the backup next season because so he did say um, that he was either he was going to be in the NHL regardless of where it was. Yeah, because you, you're not putting him on waivers. You're not losing no. him. Like you. Oh, no, I would trade McLean for sure. What can you, I just? I don't. I think you know what? Cut your losses with McLean. He's been a good soldier, but. I think the Leafs definitely need someone that can play. I want to see the 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 backup play twenty five games, twenty to twenty five. 
And Sparks can do that. He's played, oh boy, I can't even tell you. He's probably played 40 for the Marlies this season, I would think. Yeah, him and Pickard. 43 split, played split for the Marlies yeah. this season. Yeah. The, the one thing I will say about the whole Anderson thing, though, I mean, it also, my uncle pointed this out to me. It doesn't matter how many games he plays. They need to give up less shots. Let's be real yeah, here. If you're getting shelled every night, it doesn't matter how many games you're in. Yeah, you can't keep allowing 40-plus shots. Um, the Boston series show that their defense is, And I think this whole playoffs has shown you need you need some backbone on that defense. Yes, you need guys that have skill, that can skate, but you need guys that are willing to be aggressive, push guys off the puck. Like, Washington doesn't have the most high-flying defense. They're very aggressive and very physical. Um, Vegas is the same way too, although Shea Theodore, man, um, I feel bad for the guy. He's, uh, he's really, this Stanley Cup final has been tough for him. He's had a pretty good season for them, for Vegas. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not exactly you need like Pollock type guys that are big and slow and they just hit everything. That's the thing. You need guys that have. Awareness in the defensive zone, where the coverage is, push guys off the puck, not just push guys on top of your goalie. Yeah, I mean, that's if he figures out his game a little bit more, I mean, Zaitsev could be that guy, hopefully. Yeah, I hope the World Championships helps helps that out. Ozhiganov be that guy if he really needs to be. He's kind of the same frame as Zaitsev. I'm, I'm curious to see what he can bring. That was kind of like Mark Hunter's last gift. Before leaving. Yeah, and it's uh, Borgman, obviously, is a guy that we know can throw the body around. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's why I don't mind. He's He needs to figure some things out defensively, yes, but he's he's a big, strong guy that can skate and move. And I think that's the thing the Leafs got away from a little bit is they were trying to pass off the puck and weren't willing to skate it out as much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're much better off trying to skate it, and then once you realize you don't have a safe place to play it, then dump it out. But I'm not going to go out here and analyze the defense. That's just not no point at this point. But Yeah, you just, I don't, there's no real need to go out and examine everyone at the moment. It's just kind of like, what happens if this guy turns out I mean, what happens if Andrew Nielsen turns into a real player in this league? He's 6'3", 205, something around there, 215. And he's got a bit of an edge to him, too. But he, and, yeah. He's had some bad gaffes defensively. So, like, you, you yeah. can, sometimes you have to live with them, but if you're... if It's he, just those what-ifs. He needs to... You have to just simplify your game as a defenseman. Mm-hmm. Play to your strengths. And I think that's what some of these Marley's players have done. They're playing to their strengths. Once you try to go out of your element... That's where you get trouble. Like Janssen gave up a breakaway, I think, in the first game where he was skating with the puck, skating with the puck, and I'm like, pass the puck, pass the puck, pass the puck. Oh, you gave up a breakaway. Yeah, that's the one thing that Janssen, I, I don't think he's going to recover from. Or he will recover from when he gets to the Leafs, I mean. Uh, Babcock, I'm um, not sure of that. Yeah, exactly. The, I think the reason he's doing that is because he's got top talent around him in Toronto like he would never try and carry solo no he would have he's not the drop man in Toronto he's uh 
he's a guy that would probably drop it off to Matthews or Nylander and carry it up. Um, but in like I, the game I went to in the Syracuse series, he did the exact same thing. He tried to deke past the defenseman and go across his body, and the guy just stripped him clean for a breakaway and score, uh, scored. I think Matthew Joseph. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just it. It's the situation we're in. I mean, yeah, he's not. He's not going to do it when he's with in the NHL because he won't play. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. I'm sure he barely played then when Keefe, I mean, he's the top player on the team, but when Keefe drafted him, or when Keefe, after he got back to the bench, I'm sure he didn't play for a couple shifts. Possibly. Um, we are, I think, 18 days away because we're recording this on June the 4th. 18 days yep. away from the draft? Um, yes. Not not a, not a lot of uh, anticipation I feel for this draft, other than for Darlene. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, it'll be interesting. I'm not getting a lot of. I, I think yeah. I think once you get closer to the draft, like I don't know. I mean, I think people are really encapsulated by this Vegas Capital Series, which I think is pretty much like Vegas got smoked tonight. You're you're dismissing my draft coverage, aren't you, Dave? I'm not dismissing anything. I was just about no, to say. No, missing. Oh, am I? I don't know. It's for you to you to find out. It, it is, but uh, we're we're gonna be all over the draft. Um, yeah, no, I'm working on a mock draft right now. I just gotta get it finished by the time the series is done. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I just not feel like everyone knows Darlene's going first. I, I just yep. I don't think anybody because I think the the markets that are in the top, well, it's what? Uh, Buffalo, Montreal. Sorry, Buffalo, Carolina, Montreal. Buffalo, Carolina, Montreal, Ottawa, Arizona, and Detroit. Like, see, those teams don't really move the label as much, I don't think. I mean, Montreal, yes. The interesting uh, picks are going to be the ones after that because after Detroit is Vancouver. Um, Vancouver to... Oh gosh, I'm drawing blanks here. Vancouver to Chicago, and then the Rangers after them, and then Edmonton. And Edmonton has been rumored to be trying to shop that tenth overall pick for something. That tenth, uh, along with Clefbaum, for uh, we heard Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> yeah, uh, which would be a trade for sure. Um, uh, yeah, there's been some other stuff. Peter Shirelli better not screw around with the tenth overall pick. It's Peter Shirelli. Let's be real here. He's probably going to screw around with the overall pick, isn't he? Uh, I don't know. I can't say right now. And we don't know. This is, I think this is why there hasn't been a lot of luck being said because, again, the Vegas series has a lot of eyes on it. Um, it's, it's made, I think, a couple teams rethink their strategy, I think, for how they build their team. But I think we're just seeing it now is that Vegas – as good as they've been able to assemble a team that can go to the cup final, they they are missing that that one thing to put them over the top. So I want they've they've got it. It's just they haven't decided to use it yet. I mean they they could use more scoring. Yep. If they really needed to, because that's the thing with them is they're hoping on scoring coming from guys that aren't usually. Producing at the rate these guys are. No, and and their blue line I think is missing one piece. 
I yeah, think. yeah, you need a top guy. But they unfortunately Vegas is one of the teams that doesn't have a first round pick. They traded it to Detroit for Thomas Tatar. They do have other. They have so many assets, though. I think they have so many picks. It doesn't even matter because they're picking. They have like five picks in the first three rounds next year, anyway, or six or seven. Like they're they have a crazy amount of picks. And they have they have prospects and guys on the roster that some other teams might like. So yeah, they have Nick Suzuki. They got Cody Glass. Both those guys are going to have a shot next season to play in the NHL. So they both had hundred point years in the CHL. So. How many first-round picks did they have? They had this past draft three or four. Uh, three. They had their own at six, and then they had uh thirteen and fifteen from Winnipeg and. Well, they traded up from one of the one of those picks Tampa. too. Tampa took Calfoot. Yeah, and they took. Oh, uh, maybe the Islanders. So one of the teams traded down, up, or down with them. So, yeah, I think it was the Islanders. I'm 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 curious to see how the I'm more curious to see if any moves get made, like any trades. Um, is Eric Probably. Carlson getting moved? Um, is I John think, Tavares? Uh, there's just way more, and I think the Leafs. I don't know. Do like I've heard, and Ellie Friedman said once Dubis has his eye on something, he does not give it up. Which can be both yeah, good was, and dangerous. That was the case with the 2015 draft, where he just kept at those trades, trying to get back in the first round. Mm-hmm. And that's just what happened. He made it happen, is what it is. Um, yeah, next year, so Vegas doesn't have a first or a third this year. They have a second. But next year, they have a first, two seconds, three thirds, a fourth, wow. two fifths, a sixth, and a seventh. So they have room to move. And then in 2020, they have three seconds. Man, man, oh man! Good job. Yeah, uh, uh... At the same time, picks are, picks don't mean much until you see what comes out of them. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting. I think we'll do a separate uh, preview draft preview one. Um, yeah, for sure. Down the line, uh, we'll see how the Blue Jays do. I think the, I don't think you see any moves with the Blue Jays until July, anyways. Raptors yeah, still sure. need a coach. That's uh, that has that's kind of gone under the radar a little bit. Toronto FC is blowing leads like crazy. Yeah, good for them. And the Argos, I think, one of the few teams that not many are talking about that should be because they actually, they even though it's only training camp, I've, I I do I think this team could be better than last year. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, I think there's a lot to look forward to, though. Um, this is going to take time. Whether yeah, Toronto sports fans will be patient we'll, at this point, uh, you have to be patient for the right things. And I think this is why Dubis was bring, brought on because he's he clearly has a plan that Shanahan or a vision that Shanahan likes. And Ujiri, I think, has the most pressure out of on him out of all the executives or out of all the teams he's the guy with the most pressure on him so it should make for an intriguing uh intriguing off season yeah not much more we can really say about that <laughs> yeah. really um so if you want please go to tip the and check out austin's latest post about the blue jays 
first round pick that is going to be up at 6 a.m. So this podcast will probably be up at around the same time. Uh, I've looked at some possible trade destinations for DeMar DeRozan, which got some interesting replies. That does not mean I think DeMar DeRozan is going to get traded, but it's out there. It's been out there. Yeah, it's a possibility. It is definitely a possibility. Anything's possible. We, we've learned that <laughs> at this point. Thanks, Kevin Garnett. And I got we got some Argo stories that will be up. I talked to a couple guys after practice and got some interesting storylines developing through training camp. TFC, yeah. we'll see if they can uh, right the ship. They have some time. And Blue Jays, uh, they just got to do their thing, I guess. Uh, you I'll manage to get some Rock stuff up as well. Yeah. We can't forget about stuff. can't forget about the rock either. Um, please uh, follow us on Twitter at Tip of the Tower and go on Facebook at Tip of the Tower. Austin, how's the fo- Twitter followers going? Do we need to do a shout out for you again? Uh, I think I gained about ten since the last podcast we did. So that's that was three weeks ago as well. So yeah, we're working. Oh, uh, we're busy, right? So busy time. We'll I almost going. almost hit four hundred. So we'll see. Sweet. Uh, making making moves here. Yep. So keep trying to find Austin on Twitter underscore Austin Owens. You can find me D underscore Morsudi. Uh, you can remember find us on the Spreaker app. Uh, we're on the app. We're also on the website. Wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, uh, and anywhere else. Thank you guys for listening. Again, we also welcome suggestions on any topics. Now that we're kind of in the off season. I'd like to discuss what you guys are thinking about because, like you, we are just uh, are just along for the ride, the Toronto sports ride. Have a great day, guys.